good evening and uh, what from Largo, Florida? I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 578 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology for Sunday, November 1st, 2020. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Yahoo is coming for your phone. Facebook is leaving Internet Explorer, and videos don't belong to you. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, or Facebook, or of course on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or of course, you can always subscribe by going to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live and The Pilch Point, Plunkets Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you can find all the ways for you to watch, listen, and follow along. Avram, I almost think that it wasn't episode 578 with my intro there. Uh, that's, that's okay. It's been a weird weekend. How has it been for you? All right. You know, I had uh, socially distance sort of halloween so uh you know it wasn't wasn't bad we went to my sister-in-law's house and with a limited group of people we had you know halloween dinner which is actually okay in a way is nicer than having a bunch of strangers show up at the house uh demanding candy so you know it wasn't uh it wasn't as bad as it uh as it should as it should be okay Uh, you know, it's uh, so it's it's all right. You know, we've had a very busy week, uh, busy week in my day job, Tom's Harbor, which we'll get into some of the stuff later. Uh, but there have been some obviously some big announcements this week regarding uh, regarding AMD products and um, the impact that that's going to have on, you know, on the on the PC gaming industry for the next while. Uh, so. You know, it's it's an it's an exciting time. It's the it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Yes, that's <laughs> that's a pretty succinct way of putting it. Uh, I also had a unique Halloween. Uh, we hosted what we were originally calling the the Halloween Robudicon scrimmage, and what we ended up. <laughs> affectionately referring to as micro RTB um, written all lowercase micro RTB like micro SD. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had three teams uh, at Amrock kind of playing around in preparation for uh, the actual Roboticon Live, which uh, starts, oh my goodness, next weekend. <laughs> it will go for three. <laughs> it will go for three weekends uh not it's a very long period of time uh but it's all it's all remote it's all going to be uh streamed live so people can follow along at roboticon.net we're really excited about it and yesterday proved to us that um that remote technology can work and can be fun which 
is really what yesterday was all about. So that was that was cool. I'm looking forward to Roboticon this year. We've we've been worried about it. Obviously, anybody's first virtual anything is uh, is nerve wracking, and a virtual yeah, robotics competition I've, has been extra nerve wracking. I've been talking to some folks about um, what virtual CES is going to look like mm-hmm. this year. Not not that I haven't been talking to anyone from CES, I should clarify, but I've been talking to some of my colleagues and some other people who run events related to C, you know, in the CES time frame. And yeah, like we don't know if it's gonna be lame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I have a strong feel I hate to say I have a strong feeling that it will be lame because from from a journalist perspective, not only do we like to get out there and see and touch products, but there's always always the surprise that you won't really get online because the surprise for us very often is finding uh, something that we shouldn't know or a little tidbit that we weren't expecting. Yeah. When everything is just fed to you, it's not, you know, you're not going to have like, you know, a classic example for us is we'll go to a booth and we'll see them displaying a product that is not announced yet. And they Mm -hmm. didn't realize that they shouldn't have this product on display. Yeah. Right. And then we'll take pictures and we'll put the story. Yay. Scoop, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, or, but that's the kind of, or finding a product that you're ahead on, right? People, everybody else is passing it by for me. My, my best example has been Benji lock. Everybody was passing it by. We covered it almost a year before he was on shark tank. Uh, and I mean, sometimes it takes, you know, a little bit of guts to, to do the interview or write the story now in hopes that it'll pay off, which is what happened there. Because after he was on shark tank, our video went through the roof. Uh, But you know, right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, and you know, in CES where to find that stuff, you go to, what do you call it? Eureka Park, uh-huh. for example. You go downstairs you at the Sands. That's the area. <laughs> That's the area where there are all these small booths, and they probably weren't expecting us, and we weren't expecting them, or whatever. But we find companies down there, and we we learn things. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think depending on what the what the show is, what the event is, doing it online can be okay. Mm-hmm. But um, trade shows. Yeah, they'll never be the same. For sure. Yeah, totally agree. Um, And on that topic, uh, if any of our listeners or viewers have ideas on uh, what we can do to make the experience more interesting um, for for you as our as our viewers, listeners and readers, uh, please let us know on social media. Um, Contact us. Let us know your ideas because like Abram said, we're all trying to figure out what CES 2021 is going to look like for us. Um, and so obviously we do it. We do it for our listeners, viewers and readers. So uh, give us your ideas, the things that we can do to make things more interesting, because the the TPN team has also been talking about about what it looks like. Um, the obviously for us, the most the most direct and most obvious would be just so you know virtually doing what we've always done uh which is the 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 interviews every 
every uh, 10 minutes, but mm-hmm. maybe not. You know, maybe there's something that would be a better way for us to, to engage the audience. So definitely let us know. We're all curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's an ongoing thing. I mean, what we'd like to do at Tom's Hardware is we'd like to just be doing live streams of, of interviews like that uh, all week depending on if we can get companies to book and come on and show their their wares. Obviously, if somebody, even the best situation, although I, one I don't expect to see very often, is if they can send us any of the the, the demo sample products under, you know, um, under Bargo before the show, and we could actually do foot filming of, you know, footage of stuff before they're even announced. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, fairly rare because most of that stuff they probably wouldn't want us you know to send us they yeah. probably just and probably just have one or two of it and they don't want us getting you know getting it in private like that so you know it's uh we'll 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 see my get my hope is just that we'll get some timely uh some timely demos with some products and and see what happens but yeah, the opportunity to kind of do things in an exclusive way or uncover things uh, is is yeah. probably is probably less, which is sad. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe maybe this is the year that uh, that that Tom's Hardware and TPN finally <laughs> do uh, do a little more together. Yeah, we'll have to see. I would like that, especially especially since uh, you as as Avram Pilcher remember so. <laughs> yes, I can make it happen. We'll have to we'll have to see if we can make that happen and uh and, and see what it looks like because it's definitely going to be an interesting conference this year. Um but like Abram said, it's been an interesting week in uh in tech. Some announcements he'll talk about. One that we're going to talk about here in just a second, which is a, a little weird, which is always my favorite thing to cover. Uh, so let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, an Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, uh, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. And you can find out about all of that by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So a phone that you won't find at the Microsoft Store uh, was was announced this week. And boy, is it weird. Um, Verizon purchased Yahoo uh, out of bankruptcy, out of panic, added them to what I have affectionately been referring to as their nostalgia division, which also includes AOL. Um, and this week... They are leaning hard into that nostalgia. In uh, in early 2020, Verizon Wireless launched a an MVNO, a mobile virtual network operator, um, as a prepaid service called Yahoo Mobile. Uh, and this week, they have announced the Yahoo Phone, which is a very purple ZTE Blade A3. It is very purple. Um, and on top of it, on top of having a very purple body, when you turn it on, it is filled with a home screen 
of very purple Yahoo apps. <laughs> Honest to God, most of which I didn't know existed. I did not know that there was a Yahoo weather app at all. Um, but this phone will come packed with every Yahoo app you didn't know existed so that you can, I don't know, time travel to the mid-90s? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know 100% what their play here is. I mean, yes, the phone is $50, but it's also a $50 phone. It's got 2 gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage, and a 720 screen. It is a $50 phone. I just want to point out, though, I just want to point out, though, that um, it's not that crazy to spend this little on a phone because I'm Googling this and Verizon has a ZTE Blade Vantage 2, which I guess is a very similar phone, also ZTE, mm-hmm. on sale at Walmart for 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. So what, it's not what service was that? heard of. It's, it's a Verizon phone, but I think it's... Okay. I think it's without any, um, just now, I don't right? think you need a contract. It's a prepaid phone. Oh, okay. So, so you can get, you know, yeah. remember the days when people, when we thought a hundred dollar tablet was cheap. Uh, yeah. yeah. I guess it still is, but like you can get a cheap phone. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, uh, as as we talked about just a couple of weeks ago, um, oftentimes uh, those phones come with a lot of software pre-installed that can't be uninstalled, which is what we're assuming is the case here. Honestly, I am considering going to a Verizon store and purchasing one of these, partially for the ridiculousness of the pur- purple body. <laughs> and, Partially because I feel like I need to get my hands on one of these. How, how long do you have to fake having an account with them? It's a fair question. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's it's a prepaid service. So, I mean, maximum one month. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it seems... Uh... I mean, I'm sure it's not a very good phone, except that it's purple, which is cool. I mean, if Prince were still alive, this would definitely be the phone he'd want, right? Yeah. I mean, and in fact, considering that it's Yahoo, he could party like it's 1999. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was was hoping a 90s reference was going to make its way into that. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this Yahoo, yeah, Yahoo is kind of a like a vestigial organ on the body of the internet right now. Um, it, I mean, it's, I just, I'll never forget, and this tells the audience just how long I've been in the workforce, that one of my first big jobs, really my biggest first, you know, not my first job, but first job where I really stayed a long time uh, was when I went to work for about.com where I, where I worked for nine years. And when I started there, it was called the mining company or the mining co. And we saw our number one competitor as Yahoo because the mining co's job was to do, was to create directories of web, web directories. Mm -hmm. And 
I distinctly remember our CEO saying something like, you know, we need web directories because artificial intelligence isn't going to be good enough to give people search results just from people typing in search for years. Well, you see how that went for decades, actually, it's something like for decades, right? Um, presaging, of course, the, uh, you know, the coming of Google, but even, you know, Lycos and Alta Vista were pretty good. So, so anyway, yeah, we saw like that is when Yahoo was at its heyday, mm -hmm. when it was a web directory, and then all these things were built on top of it, like, you know, the, the media structure, Yahoo News and finance, mm -hmm. and then all these other tools, like uh, many of which have gone away now that were quite good. Like, I think Yahoo, does Yahoo Messenger still exist? No. No, right. Yahoo, so there was Yahoo Messenger. Yeah, Yahoo Messenger Yahoo went away Mail. a long time ago. Yahoo Groups uh, was, is officially dead. Yeah, yeah. Yahoo, For I sure. remember Yahoo Groups died a few years ago. That I mean, Yahoo Groups was good and it served a good purpose. Mm -hmm. I mean, we read it before its time, right? Yahoo Groups, Yahoo Messenger was at in its heyday. I think a better tech, better technically than AOL and some Messenger, especially and Messenger, especially because it had the chat rooms in it built directly into the messenger interface yeah which was so the, the brilliance a, of that one there was a lot of great synergies going on there with yahoo uh you know with all the different tools that they had plus their content so i find it weird yeah so it's kind of a shame what happened to them mm -hmm. but it's a little weird now that that all these years later with the company having gone through so many problems and then eventually being acquired by Verizon and becoming kind of an afterthought in the world of Verizon. Although I think if you look around the internet at, at some, uh, I think Yahoo is still an aggregate, I think in the top five websites on the internet. I think if you look at like Nielsen or something, one of those, uh, web aggregators i think it is still in a very prominent place why uh why i don't know uh, i do know there's a lot of distribution deals that still get yahoo search um onto things like my mother keeps calling me to complain that her web browser keeps getting changed to yahoo search uh against her will you know like it's happened twice now um by the way, who powers Yahoo Search? Because it's not Yahoo, right? Is it Bing? It was for a while, but I don't know that it is anymore. Um, it. Uh, I don't think they make their own search technology. Yeah, Yahoo, by the way, um, is on the Alexa index is number twelve. Okay, so it's but that's it's twelve now. But that's, that's just still... one of the indexes. Well. That's still pretty good considering um, now. I mean, a lot of people end up on Yahoo by going to their their news, which I know people who write for Yahoo and they do a, do a fantastic job. And, you know, they might end up end up on Yahoo because of also Yahoo has a lot of feeds, a lot of like news feeds from Reuters or AP or things like that. So they're number six in the U.S. Uh, there were seven there were seven. Uh, brands in that top 12 that were uh, non-English. So I figured I'd go look at the U.S. They're number six in the U.S. So 
So yeah, so isn't that kind? Isn't that kind of amazing? Because when is the last time you said, "Hey, I want to go to Yahoo"? Uh, when Verizon bought them, yeah. <laughs> and the logo so, changed. <laughs> so I mean, the brand. The I mean, people know the brand. That's for sure. Yeah, but on the other hand, but how many think... people know the brand in a positive way? I think today, so many people, when they think of the Yahoo brand, they think of the 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 three major data breaches the the ousting of of Marissa Meyer who was the only person in the company who actually cared and then the sale to Verizon but but that's yeah all I mean, people think about yeah i mean it's a i mean i guess if this i mean you know what if this brings back if this brings back Yahoo and they start hiring a lot more people and it, you know, becomes more of a thing. I mean, I guess that would be good because they, I mean, at times in its history, Yahoo has done important things, but it's a little bit, it is a very belated now to be using the brand for that. Yeah. I and wonder whom, whom they think this is going to appeal to by using the Yahoo brand. Well, they got our attention, didn't they? They certainly did. They certainly did. And and in a way that they didn't when they launched the service, right? Because I did, we didn't talk about Yahoo Mobile <laughs> launching earlier this year, but we are talking about a very cheap, very purple phone. Yeah, well, there you go. Just by making it purple. And I, I mean, it looks nice. It I mean, does. I, mean, I, I wouldn't get it for other reasons, but it looks nice. I, it it seems a l- almost too silly not to for me. I I may just have to do it and use it as a development phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean it 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 looks cool. I mean, remember it, this is it's just a ZTE phone with with purple coloring. Yeah, which once you put a case around it, which they call grape jelly, by the way, the color. That's nice. You know what they should do. Here's my here's my free advice for here's my free advice for Yahoo. They should go out and they should find Yahoo Sirius, the actor who made Young Einstein, and they should get him to advert to to advertise this phone. If uh, if um, you know if uh, Rick Moranis can go and advertise Mint Mobile, that's what I was just thinking. Find they can find Yahoo Sirius in, you know, although granted he's probably really angry at Yahoo for having taken his Yahoo Thunder. Um, but, you know, what else is he doing with himself? Probably not much. So, you know, they should, they should find him. They should find him and get him, get him to do a, uh, get him to do a commercial with this purple phone. That definitely would be interesting. Well, I, I don't know what this is going to do for Verizon, um, either Yahoo Mobile or the Yahoo phone. But, you know, they this market is not one that Verizon has uh, uh, really catered to since they shut down in, I think is what it was called, years ago. Um, th- this is just not a, a market that they've catered to. They let... 
They let Sprint with uh, Virgin and Boost. They let T-Mobile with Metro. They let AT&T with AO and Cricket, which became Cricket, um, kind of steal this market away. So, you know, maybe they can do something with it. It'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, only time will tell, though. And uh, if I do end up making the weird decision to, to grab one of these, I will definitely post pictures on the Facebook page. So follow us over there, I guess. But you have to make your ringtone a Prince ringtone. I'm on board with that. <laughs> that sounds rational to me. <laughs> This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all your devices, and you can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee, all by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. So we talked about it earlier, Avram. Lots of announcements this week. Uh, some of them not as weird as the one we just talked about, right? Yes. So this uh, so this is a really big uh, big month coming up in the world of video cards and CPUs. AMD this week uh, took the wraps off, uh, made announcements about its new line of Radeon graphics cards, the Radeon 6800, 6800 XT, and 6900 XT. These are the first AMD graphics cards that are actually going to, or by, I should say, this is by um, AMD's numbers, so obviously... We're expecting at some point to get them and to test them. So don't um, don't just go by what AMD says, of course. But uh, by what they say, these cards should be competitive with, if not beating, the uh, equivalent new NVIDIA cards. So the, the 6800 XT should be... Uh, equivalent to, if not beating, the new NVIDIA RTX 3080. And the 6900 XT should be equivalent to, if not beating, the RTX 3090. Uh, and the 5800 should be, equ- I mean, the 6800 should be equivalent to, uh, if not beating, the RTX 3070, which also just came out this week. Um, so, we're, so, those are all due out later in later in November. Uh, and also before then, we expect the new AMD CPUs to come out. The uh, the new Ryzen chips. Uh, they will be the Ryzen 5000 series. Uh, and they will go from the uh, 299, a 299 Ryzen 5 model to a I think it's 750 uh, Ryzen 9 model. And these new CPUs are supposed to be um, actually overtake Intel for gaming performance. Previously, Intel had the advantage when it came to CPU performance for gaming. 
And according to AMD, they now have higher clock speeds. They have more instructions per clock. Uh, they're on a seven nanometer process, which means they can, there's less space between the transistors. They can pack more, uh, more transistors in a smaller space. So, uh, so really powerful new CPUs coming from AMD within a couple of weeks and really powerful new GPUs to match NVIDIA's graphics cards that have all just recently come out in the RTX 3070, 3080, and 3090. But guess what? You, you can't get any of these new NVIDIA cards. And when the AMD uh, CPUs and graphics cards become available, uh, I fear that you may not be able to get those either. When I say that you are not able to get them, I mean that they sell out so fast that within minutes, they're gone. If a store has stock, within minutes, it's gone and taken often by scalpers where you will then find the same card selling your $800 card selling for $1,500 on eBay. So NVIDIA has said they have, they know they have stock issues. It's going to take a while. So meanwhile, you know, if you want to, if you want to build a gaming PC, you're in a little bit of a quandary right now. If you want to build a high-end gaming PC within the next few weeks, or even probably before the end of this year, you're going to be faced with a dilemma. First of all, the NVIDIA cards are going to continue to be difficult to get. There may be a day when something comes, when you get lucky and something in, you were looking for a 3080 or a 3070 and you see one and real quick, you're able to buy it and get it at, at the regular price. That's great. But for a lot of people, for most people, they're, they're going to continue to have a problem finding those for a long time. And then these new AMD cards that are coming out that promise to be just as fast, if not faster. Well, AMD says that they're not going to have they're, that they're taking steps to avoid scalpers and bots. But again, if the demand is so high for these products, which it almost certainly will be, then there's a good chance that supply won't be able to keep up. And that may apply to the CPUs also. So, if you are, if you are trying, if you want to build a premium gaming PC, this may be a this is a terrible time to build a gaming PC. Now, if you want to build a gaming PC that costs, let's say, less than twelve hundred dollars, you don't want to spend more than about three hundred dollars on your video card and more than about three hundred dollars on your CPU. Now is a fine time because the low end to really low mid cards aren't being replaced. So they're in plentiful stock. You can get them. They're not going to really get any cheaper than they are now. So, so without buyer's remorse, you can get uh, something like a GTX 1660 card or an AMD uh, Radeon RX 5700 card. But... Um, I would really advise against trying to buy the old NVIDIA cards that are now being replaced because their prices are through the roof and for no reason, no good reason. So, for example, the 3080, which is the card everybody wants, is the replacement for the 2080. NVIDIA is not really making the 2080 anymore. So if you see one on, if you see one for sale, 
it may be a thousand dollars. Well, why would you want to pay a thousand dollars for an, the card that's outdated that's being replaced by an eight hundred dollar card, right? Um, so the prices for the 2060, 2070, and 2080 cards uh, are really a, way above where they should be. I mean, you may find a 2060 for under $400. And if you really, um, and it, it wouldn't be the worst thing to have happen to you, right? To, to, to spend, say, less than 400 on that on a tw RTX 2060 or 2060 Supercard. But above that level, the older cards are way overpriced. And unfortunately, the newer cards are either hard to get or you have to get them through a scalper. So this is a really difficult situation that we're in. Uh, obviously, if you want to, to build a PC with you know, lower end parts, it's fine. If you want to use an Intel CPU, um, it's okay for the CPU. You still have the graphics card problems because Intel is not coming out with a new CPU uh, until sometime in Q1. Uh, but if you want to buy an AMD CPU, um, any AMD CPU that's, say, $300 or more, you certainly want to wait and see how these new ones affect the market. So it's a trying time. Now, another possibility for everyone is not to build a PC and to buy a pre-built one. And you may be able to get one of these uh, hard-to-get graphics cards that way. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Tom Sarver recovered the fact that Alienware uh, was selling a whole bunch of PCs with RTX 3080 in them, and they were shipping within two weeks. Now they were very expensive, uh, but you know you were they were shipping, you know, and you you could pre-build a PC with one. Granted. You know, the entry level uh, model was like $1,900 for something with like a hard drive and eight gigs of RAM. Oof. So, you know, the you, you had to configure it up to get it to be a worthwhile computer. Like having a 3080 card, but having a hard drive and I think it was like a hard drive, a Core i5 and eight gigs of RAM or something, um, not exactly desirable. So by the time you, you know, upgraded it to a reasonable CPU and 16 gigs of RAM at least, and at least a one terabyte SSD, uh, then you were talking about $2,600 or $2,800 um, to get the system with the $800 graphics card inside. But, you know, that's one way that you could get one of these new RTX cards. So it is... The best of times and it is the worst of times when it comes to building a gaming pc the best because we've got all this great new stuff coming out that gives unprecedented levels of performance or maybe they're precedented but not at these prices so like the rtx 3070 which is a 499 dollars graphics card if you can get it gives the same level of performance as nvidia's old 2080 ti card that costs I think $1,200 when it came out a couple of years ago. So, you know, you're getting the level of performance that you would have previously paid well over $1,000 for, now getting it for, for $500 when and if you can get it. Um, and of course, you, you can legit do serious 4K gaming with ray tracing with a 3080 card that's $799. And presumably with... Uh, 
6800 XT, Radeon 6800 XT, it will be the same thing. But we will have to see. Uh, meanwhile, something else to keep an eye on is for the first time that we've ever seen, there seems to be um, AMD is promising a synergy between its CPUs and its GPUs so that they will actually work better together than they would if you use the GPUs with an Intel chip. So, which is something that we haven't seen before. So they have a capability to have fast access to each other's RAM. If you use one of the new uh, Ryzen CPUs that's coming out, you use an AMD five, uh, 500 series motherboard, you, use, you get one of these new Radeon uh, these new Radeon 6000 series graphics cards, the CPU and the GPU will have fast access to each other's memory, allowing for what they say is going to be something like a 13% speed bump over what you would get if you paired it with an Intel chip or with one of their chips from a prior generation. So um, obviously we, we can't wait to see how that actually works in the lab. Yeah, that that is an interesting, uh, an interesting like addition to the mix, right? Because in the past, yeah, the hardware companies have mostly kept their their components independent of one another. But you know, uh, go back to the old days of of home entertainment systems, right? The the reason people chose Sony was because of how well their stuff interacted with one another. They worked alone, but it was all about how they work together. So it makes sense that they would go this direction. Yeah, I mean, AMD is the only company that could because mm-hmm. um, NVIDIA doesn't make CPUs. Well, they don't make CPUs for, for PCs anyway. And Intel, well, they're just dipping after so many years, mm-hmm. <laughs> dipping a toe in the water of discrete graphics. But... So maybe someday they'll be at a place where they'll have competitive discrete graphics and they can tell a better together story about Intel graphics with Intel CPUs. Uh, But right now, AMD is the only one who can do this. Now, there's an interesting question, which is, how are they doing it? Is it it something that is really inherent to the technology or is it just something that they're unlocking in the BIOS that they could do through other means if they wanted to, you know, that, that they could make available to Intel, but they're not, they're just choosing not to, or, um, we don't know. We, we don't know enough yet about the, the shared memory technology, but, um, it sounds very promising and it is, you know, a big story for AMD. And of course, if AMD overtakes Intel on gaming performance, which has been one area where Intel has still been just a little bit better. Still, in most cases, I would I would have recommended people buy an AMD processor in the past because you're getting more threads for usually getting more threads for the money. You know, where you're usually getting you know more better multitasking performance for the money. But now, if you're getting better single threaded performance, holy cow, Intel, you're in big trouble. At least for gaming PCs. Yeah, for sure. And you know we've. We've talked over the last couple of generations of AMD processors. 
generally since the announcement of the 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 Ryzen line replacing all their old stuff, um, but the last couple of generations in particular, we've talked about how you know they keep pushing, and Intel almost seems to be ignoring that part of their business, possibly because they hadn't been truly challenged for a while. Um, and now they are, and they may not be able to keep up. They got problems. Intel has problems. They've had a, they've had a lot of problems. Now, the one thing that Intel still has going for them is market dominance. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of, a lot of companies still don't, don't a lot of OEMs that make PCs still either only build Intel or they they kind of treat AMD, especially when it comes to laptops, yeah. treat kind of AMD as a side side thought. And a lot of times the AMD products get the AMD products get a lesser quality screen or worse Wi-Fi or something else is like a little bit of miss with the AMD powered. Uh, PCs that OEMs come out with and you know Intel obviously has a lot had a lot of money to throw at marketing you know shared marketing campaigns so that's helped their position Uh, but when you look at sort of pure performance for the money Intel is you know Intel is hurting right now and eventually and it is affecting sales I think and eventually Eventually, it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. And obviously, a lot of this is of Intel's own doing because they were in, you know, they were in a leadership position, but they couldn't handle the transition to 10 nanometer. They had lots of problems, trans- still having problems getting everything to 10 nanometer. Um, and they had problems with, with meeting demand. So, you know, Lots, lots of problems, uh, lots of problems with Intel. And of course, uh, unlike NVIDIA, which kind of saw where the market was going and really has invested heavily in things like AI and, and, um, and with their acquisition of ARM, mobile things, Intel kind of failed on mobile. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough time to be Intel. For true. Um, and it's actually interesting. Uh, I hadn't thought about it. You know, AMD and ARM kind of puts AMD back in the position that it was in pre-smartphones because AMD made basically all the chips for flip phones. <laughs> so it actually, right. actually well, kind of puts them back well, where they used AM, to be. <laughs> well, AM, AMD, does, NVIDIA owns ARM now. So and that's NVIDIA what it was. It was is, NVIDIA. That's why it didn't occur to me before. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Nvidia. So Nvidia, Nvidia now. Nvidia had tried to be in phones, by the way, mm-hmm. a little bit because a few years ago they had the Tegra chips, and they were trying to get uh, phone makers to adopt to adopt Tegra. And I think we saw like one or two Tegra phones, and it just never caught on. Uh, but now that now obviously the ARM IP is in everything, uh, in every phone, so that puts Nvidia in a really really strong position. Um, but AMD, you know, at least they're leveraging their their ex, they're leveraging their expertise in um, in GPU and CPU to, to kind of bring you the best of both together. 
Yeah, it's an interesting time for hardware, uh, for sure. Uh, obviously, I imagine that we've got uh, content out there on uh, on everything that's going on. Yes. So if you go to uh, tomshardware.com, we've got all kinds of uh, explainers on the new card, on the new the new graphics cards, the new Radeon cards. We've got um, reviews of the 3090, 3080, and 3070, and an article about where to find one if you can. And and um, we also will have an article from me this week about why what I just discussed, which is why this is a really difficult time to build a premium gaming PC. I really have to emphasize premium because if you want to just build uh, something for medium gaming, you know, just sort of a not even cheap, you know, mid-range, you know, under like 13 not $1,300, it's still an okay time. But if you want the latest and greatest, it is not a good time. That is for sure. And it's always... It's always unfortunate to see times like this, but you know this is this is an especially weird time with all the the bots and scalpers out there. Um, but as always, Avram, thank you for bringing all this information because I didn't follow any of this stuff this week trying to get ready for Roboticon. So I'm very glad to hear about uh, all of this. And uh, as always, I look forward to what we talk about next. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. Get all the accessories you need to up your game on your PC, console, or mobile device from Razer. Whether you're looking for a gaming mouse and keyboard like we use here in the studio, a webcam and light for your Twitch stream, or an entire gaming setup like the Razer Blade 15, you can find it all by going to f5live.tv slash Razer. So... It's been a little over a month since the announcement that uh, Microsoft had purchased ZeniMax Media, um, the parent company of studios like Bethesda. And um, as we talked about when it happened, there was a lot of concern around the future of the IP that was coming along with that. In particular, the Elder Scrolls and uh, Fallout series. Now, Avram and I said that day that there was a very minimal chance that Microsoft would make the business decision to, uh, to make them Microsoft exclusives, either on the Xbox, the PC, or both. Um, mostly because, as we've talked about over the last couple of years since, uh, since Steve Ballmer stepped down as CEO, that uh, you know Microsoft's philosophy is we want to be everywhere you are. We saw it happen with uh, Minecraft after Microsoft bought uh, uh, bought Minecraft. It came to more platforms, and they even finally convinced Sony to allow cross-play, which was a big deal. Um, but obviously there was still concern, as there should be until there's an official announcement. I can understand that. Um, and uh, during an interview this week, Todd Howard, who is a director and producer for both of those franchises, um, said that uh, he also believed that 
it was highly unlikely that Microsoft would make that decision. Um, he also said, though, that uh, the two companies have not had detailed discussions on it, um, but that Bethesda has always looked at each uh, individual game as its own thing uh, and considered the availability of each game uh, on on an individual level, which is exactly what we heard from uh, Xbox's Phil Spencer during the, the purchase, which all seems like good news to me. What do you think, Abram? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think Microsoft wants to eliminate a potential market for these games. It just... It, it, it's not in the spirit of what Microsoft has been under Nadella. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't see, I can't see it happening. You know, I, if this were, I don't know, name another vendor, then I could see it happening, but not, not with Microsoft. Yeah. If this were Apple maybe. Right. Or even, or even if it had been Sony, because um, you know Sony's whole philosophy is around exclusives for their for their consoles, I could see yeah. I could see Sony doing it, but I could not. I can't see Microsoft doing it. Yep they uh, they don't they don't really subscribe to exclusives to their for their better or worse. Mm-hmm. I guess it's I guess it's been for their better or for Microsoft's better overall. So. Especially if you look at the uh, the quarterly earnings on the Xbox division, they seem to be doing pretty well. So, and and wait, because Xbox Series X is just about to come out. Yes, it is. Um, although, and it's fairness, going to be another highly scalped product. Yeah, it is. Has been. <laughs> the The pre orders were highly scalped already. Um, but yeah, I. It, it just doesn't make sense under their, their current business model. But the idea that, you know, the, the comment that will take each release on its own uh, scared some people, you know, that, that made it sound like, well, you know, maybe, maybe in the future it could happen. But I'll remind you that if every publisher considers each individual <laughs> title in a franchise individually, because if they didn't, Final Fantasy would still be a Nintendo exclusive. So, <laughs> and it is definitely not that. So, um, they consider each one individually anyway. So I don't suspect, uh, that that's any different than normal. Um, I think honestly, with it being a Microsoft studio now, like we talked about all Microsoft studio titles, uh, premiere on game pass. And I think that has a lot to do with this. I think the ability to put it on um, the the formerly known as uh, xCloud service uh, was a big part of this, plus the ability to generate revenue off of Sony and, uh, and Nintendo console. Uh, seems like a pretty good idea as well, uh, especially when you're talking about, you know, true triple a titles or triple a franchises like elder scrolls and fallout it i it just seems like this will be available everywhere probably for always <laughs> that's probably what this was all about so again um 
we'll, we'll see in the future. Uh, we don't suspect that Elder Scrolls Six uh, will fall behind uh, a, a Microsoft wall, even if they were to go that direction. We also know that there are titles that are already under contract um, with Sony, so um, so we'll see those for sure. But I don't like I don't think we're going to see that at all. So good news and a little bit more confirmation from uh, from Todd Howard makes me feel better. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is probably powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies. We'll let these guys do it for you. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. It's like watching a movie with your funniest friends. And to find out about all of the full-length features, the short films, the TV episodes, and live events that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. So since tonight seems to be all about uh, the past somehow, um, Internet Explorer is on our rundown again, which just seems weird. Um, Microsoft has been trying so hard to make it go away and they have a new, uh, new quiver, a new arrow in their quiver, um, for, for killing off IE. And that is that over a thousand, uh, websites. In fact, I think the number I saw was 1175. Um, if you try to access them from internet Explorer and, uh, edge is on your computer, it will automatically switch over to Edge and uh, put up a dialogue, which we have on the website, uh, explaining to you what's gone, what's gone on, why it has changed, and uh, why you should as well. Um, there are lots of reasons why you should, um, security being the number one. Um, but one of the reasons why there's still somehow 5% of the internet using Internet Explorer, despite the fact that 2013 was the last release, um, is because there are a lot of um, old, like, company internal corporate web apps that were designed for the Trident uh, rendering engine, which is what powers IE, versus the Edge rendering engine or the Chromium rendering engine, which it's now using. Um and so because of that, um, corporations have been a little afraid to make the switch. And so uh, Microsoft also has uh, the Trident rendering engine inside of the new Edge, the Chromium-powered Edge, um, which corporations can turn on so that when one of their web applications don't work, um, they can rerun it as in, in Trident instead of in Edge, which, or in Chromium, which I think is a great idea. Um, that finally allows everybody to say goodbye to IE. Oh my God, I hope it happens. I am so tired <laughs> of, of seeing stuff in IE. Um, I've got, I've got some client stuff <laughs> that, that still boots in IE and it kills me. <sighs> Can you believe that in 2020, Avram, we're talking about Internet Explorer still. <laughs> so 
I just out of curiosity looked up how many, what percentage of users come to Tom's hardware each month using Internet Explorer. Yes, please. So I will, I will share this little tidbit with you, uh, with the audience now. Zero point three five percent. Thank goodness of our monthly audience uses Internet Explorer. Um, so less <laughs> less than the five percent. Of the internet, I was hoping uh, that so. You mentioned, I was hoping so. <laughs> uh, uh, in you know, in other news, that is a lot less than the amount of people visiting our site with Opera and with Samsung Internet, which I guess is the Samsung browser that, uh-huh. that comes on their Android phones. So. Yeah. I kind of need um, to. I kind of need to know the percentage of Opera. Okay, one point five percent is okay. Opera. Still not. Still not a lot. No, but higher <laughs> than I expected. They're dedicated. They have their dedicated, you know, dedicated users. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see any Rock Melt browser on here or anything. I used to use it on. Um, a, I used the Opera Mobile on a, on my old flip phones. Um, because it supported Flash, and it was the only mobile browser that supported Flash. Other, other, other browsers on here that are actually less than less than Internet Explorer are Amazon Silk, which I guess is is that's the browser on your Fire on Fire tablets. I think. I think that's the Fire Fire tablets, the Fire OS. Amazon Silk, uh, YA Browser. I don't know what YA Browser wow. is. Wow. I have not thought about that in a while. What, why, YA Browser or Silk? Yeah, YA. Is that for young adults? I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it like, I, it's, uh, it's the Yan- Yahoo. It's the Yandex oh, Browser? Yandex. Yeah. Um. That's that's a uh, a lot of U.S. sites don't get indexed by Yandex anymore. So, it's, okay. I mean, it's a very small percentage. Okay? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a spider bot. Zero two percent. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a spider bot. It's for their search engine. Opera Mini. This one here, I think it's Cockcock, C O C C O C. Chalk chalk? Well, I don't know how it's I don't know how it's pronounced. Oh, I don't know, but it this? seems to be Vietnam. Oh, okay. It's a v- Vietnamese browser. Yep. Uh Puffin. It is also a Chromium browser, by the way. Puffin? It Puffin. Android browser. I guess Android browser is what you get if you don't have Chrome, like the one that comes. It's like the little globe if you've ever yeah. installed yeah, that's Android the... without the Google apps. Yeah. Woo. Um, SeaMonkey. Anybody ever heard of SeaMonkey? Sounds familiar. FBAN. Never heard of it. I'm sorry. PlayStation. I was, I, F... I was researching Puffin. I apologize. Did you say SeaMonkey? Yeah, SeaMonkey. 
Does that sound familiar? Not at all. I have to look that one up now, too. SeaMonkey <laughs> browser. The internet browser, of course, SeaMonkey. Use the same rendering engine as Mozilla. Okay. Yes. Okay. Continuation of the former Mozilla application suite. Yes. Uh, this one is bracket FBAN or FBAN. What does FBAN stand for? Something fate. Maybe it's Facebook. Um, PlayStation 4 browser. Okay, that's Mozilla. interesting. Mozilla, just plain Mozilla, BlackBerry, F ban. Oh, what? Hold on, we'll get to that in a second. F ban is the Facebook user agent. So uh, when somebody shares an article, that's what goes and and uh, pings for images and stuff. Yeah, actually, not a lot of very very little traffic of that. Uh, it only has to do it once. BlackBerry. Blackberry. <laughs> okay, I can go screw that up if I uh, if I go find and charge up the uh, the uh, what was it called the playbook? <laughs> it's around here yes. somewhere. Uh, and Max Maxthon Mm-mm. Maxthon browser. Don't even know what that is. This is a lot of fun, Maxthon by the way. Browser freeware developed no. by Maxthon, based in Beijing. It's available for Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and as Maxthon Mobile for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8. Yes, there you go. I bet it's not that. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Uh, oh, my PlayStation God. PlayStation Vita browser. Wow. Um, I occasionally yes. get hits on that, too. So anyway, I mean, look, anybody who has, here's a little secret. If you have, uh, if you have a website and you have Google analytics, you can go through the the section and see just how many weird little browsers have hit your site and, and, and take a little trip down memory lane too. Um, Oh my God. But maxed on on windows phone is horrible. It's ugly. (laughs) Sorry. Internet Explorer uh internet explorer is a dying browser um and it has still has i mean for our tom's hardware site which obviously is more tech savvy right. folks than probably than average uh we have 0.35 percent yeah. so less than one percent uh of our visitors using internet explorer yeah because most uh, but most of the traffic on ie honestly comes from within uh, the enterprise space for companies whose IT teams can't or won't install anything else. Honestly, got anything else. I would take Firefox. I would take Opera <laughs> because at least do you, at least the rendering engines are still maintained. <laughs> do you not think though that somewhere there's people who have like a machine that's running like Windows ninety eight or Windows Me or Windows two thousand or something? And or even maybe XP, and none of those can run Edge. True. And but they can run. If you're using one of those, I mean, 98 can't. But XP and above could at least have a more modern rendering engine. Because XP, I think, 
I think couldn't go above IE9. So right. <laughs> but if you're the person who's has an ancient computer and you're running Windows XP, maybe you don't know about that or care. True. True. Well, yeah. You have probably noticed that web pages have started rendering real weird over the last couple of years. <laughs> As HTML5 has become <laughs> the only standard that anybody writes to. Um, so mm, that's a good point. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, there's people who have old stuff and they're not very tech savvy, and maybe they, maybe it is just in an enterprise where they have to go to some corporate intranet site that hasn't been updated. Who knows? It, it's certainly the majority. There, there have been studies that have been done. It's the majority of the case. Now there are exceptions to that rule, but it, it's probably at this point a large majority, I would guess. But I, I have tested this. The screenshot in the article is from my computer. Um, I tried to go to Facebook in IE eleven on Windows ten, and it went, oh nope, and kicked me over to Edge. Um, with this little dialog box. And it totally makes sense. Um, Microsoft doesn't want to be splitting their time. They don't want you to be using a thing who's got security stuff that's not entirely supported at this point because it's seven years old. So um, it's time to switch, if you can, uh, to honestly anything else. I'm a fan of Edge. Um, I'm also a fan of Chrome. Um, but anything that will install... <laughs> Please switch for your own protection. Um, so um, let's see. Windows Vista, according to StatCounter, which only goes back as far as Windows Vista, 0.4% uh -huh. uh, of computers are still running Vista. 0.4? Yes. 0.4% are still running Vista. 4.1% are still running Windows 8.1. Interesting. That's... <laughs> okay, that's and a smaller win number. Windows 7, is, Windows 7 is 18.5%. So there we go. Um, well, good news. And Windows 10, 75%. Yeah. Good news. Uh, new Edge is available for Windows 7, so... I don't think it works yep. on Vista, but it does work on 7. So 7, 8, 10, Mac OS, Linux, mobile. Because, <laughs> again, like we were just yeah. talking about, everywhere you are, so are they. <laughs> That's the company's philosophy. So um, anyway, uh, ditch IE if you can, because it's way past time. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. In addition to your free shipping, you also get a lot of other stuff like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. And we've got quick links to these features, uh, some links to some other features, a free 30-day trial, and the ability to send it as a gift and we've made all of that easy. All you have to do is go to f5live.tv slash prime. Now, interestingly, we're going to continue talking about prime, but uh, 
in a different way. I think we all know that uh, that buying uh, digital video content is an interesting uh, experience. When it comes to music, when you buy it, you can download it and you're good to go. When it comes to games, it's the same thing. You download it and play it on your computer, your console, whatever. Um, but with movies, for the most part, um, when you purchase a video, you still stream it. Um, with iTunes probably being the exception to that rule. Um, and Amazon Prime Video is one of those services that has this capability to make a purchase of things that are not part of Prime. Um, but the, the thing is, if Amazon loses access to stream that content, so do you. Um, and so uh, Amanda Caudell who is an Amazon Prime video user, uh, learned this when something that she purchased disappeared from her library. She sued Amazon and this week officially lost um, because Amazon argued that every time you go to make a purchase, the user agreement is brought up as a reminder that you do not actually own the content, only access to it for as long as Amazon has access to it. Um, so... Did that? she get her money back? No. Nope. What? Well, really? I thought I thought that if they take it away and you've bought it permanently, that you get your money back. I didn't see anything about that. That might be the case, but I didn't see anything about that. Um, that would it would be pretty crappy if not. Yeah, it I mean, would. So I bought the right to 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 watch a movie, and then like. Three months later, they can't sell me the movie anymore, so they so, just take it. I mean, we've talked about this before, the way that the rights work, that now they, they, I guess, their agreement with the content providers means that they have to take it away, mm -hmm. and therefore they do take it away, and they have the ability to take it away. But if they do that, then no matter how long you've owned it, you should get your money back. I agree, and maybe she did. Uh, that wasn't discussed in the lawsuit um, or... I didn't. I guess I didn't see the filing. I read the, the, um, the ruling, which didn't mention anything about that. But perhaps that is the case. Um, but this is more of a PSA <laughs> than anything. As a reminder, how that, often does it happen? You know, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen anything disappear. Um, I haven't heard of friends seeing anything disappear. Um, I mean, I use I use the movie when I interact with with purchasable stuff. I tend to uh, to interact with uh, one of the the movies anywhere services, so that even if one loses it, it's still in the mix theoretically. Um, but oh, I. I don't hear about it happening all that often. Um, we hear it more with video games, honestly, than we do with with movies where, where you know, a game... There was, what, a, a year and a half ago, there was a studio whose access to certain music had been... Like, their, uh, their rights to, to music that was in the game expired, and so uh, you couldn't re-download the game after a certain date if you didn't have it on your console sad story um which was interesting yeah that's 
this is all, I mean, life is so short that even your, even your media is not permanent, but, um, <laughs> indeed, but when you think about it, I think it's because those of us who grew up with physical media, mm-hmm. which is probably still even most young adults, uh, but at a certain time point, people are just going to stop expecting that is, are, this is just going to become commonplace. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, now anybody who's gotten into a into a mobile or a social game uh, knows this. Yeah, we we were so put off by EA shutting down Playfish that we dedicated a whole show to it years ago. <laughs> My my wife's life will never be the same because the game that she loved so much, City of Heroes, uh, which was an MMO, got shut down, mm-hmm. uh, and like all she had all her friends through there, and then the com- the company that ran it decided that they didn't want to run it anymore, and then miraculously it sort of came back a few years later as like there were there were people I think there were some hack hacking stuff going on there Mm -hmm. i don't know anyway um the 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 thing is you can't um you can't i mean you can't win with this stuff i mean hopefully amazon is a big enough uh fish in the content game that you that most of the time the content you buy from them will stay yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. For the most part, you know, most companies don't want to 100% restrict this kind of this kind of access. Um but, you know, if if you're dealing with, you know, a company who's gone with some you know massively strong agreement with a streaming service, maybe they don't have a choice. But for the most part, the, the content owners don't want to do this, but you know, we, we are living in a, in, in a, a world of digital access versus digital ownership. So these types of things happen. Like we said, you know, games that you pay for disappear software that you pay for can disappear. We talk about software services shutting down all the time. Um, so much stuff is subscription based. So little is uh, is download and use it forever. So that's that's just where we are, and uh, and media seems to be no different. That's why I'm just going to buy a bunch of car- Atari cartridges. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, because because uh, Atari's never going to restrict access to your cartridges. I'm just uh, gonna dig up all the ET ones, so when one wears out, I'll have another one. Perfect. Now, in fairness, I do have a whole bunch of old Atari cartridges that still work 100. percent So. <laughs> See, I knew, I knew it. You've told me. <laughs> Got a 2600 right outside the studio. Anyway, <laughs> well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. We always appreciate our live listeners. If you did not and would like to in the future. Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us 
and uh, chat with us in the studio. If you can't join us live, that is okay as well. Um, you can always go to plughitslive.com slash subscribe and see all of our shows and all the different ways to subscribe. Um, the next couple of weeks are going to be a little strange. I don't know what the show is going to look like because of the commitments for Roboticon. Hopefully everything will be normal, but I cannot make any promises. So follow us on social media to see what's going on uh, 100% for sure. But definitely follow along with us uh, for Roboticon Live, which you can do at roboticon.net or on uh, YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. Roboticon Tampa Bay. Um, and I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we will see you guys back next time. Ciao.